0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Fantasy Consiliary Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this week's episode, I'll go through the Week 11 rankings and give advice at each position, whether it be for redraft leagues or a couple of big picture thoughts in dynasty formats. At quarterback, we have Josh Allen down to the QB9 for a matchup against the Jets. Basically, if he doesn't run and find the end zone on the ground, Buffalo's offense isn't operating at a high enough level to feel confident in him as a high-end QB1 because of the matchup. He had three interceptions in the first meeting against the Jets, and with New York far weaker versus the run than the pass, and Buffalo getting their own ground game going on Monday night, we could see James Cook, Latavius Murray, and maybe even Leonard Fournette be leaned on, and the Jets will probably do what they can to make it a slugfest. So a couple of options in particular that I would consider starting over Allen this week, are Kyler Murray and Jared Goff. For Murray, he had six carries for 33 yards and a touchdown in a season debut, and that included a couple of highlight scrambles. So Murray not playing with the brace and looking like himself has him back in the QB1 ranks. It was disappointing that Clayton Toon was in for a quarterback sneak, the rare quarterback vulture for Murray, but it's impossible to not be encouraged by what he showed and there were also a couple of deep shots that were close to connecting that might hit in future weeks. And for golf, the Detroit offense is the opposite of Buffalo's offense in terms of their effectiveness and having a great game plan every week. Jared Goff is the trigger man of Ben Johnson's offense, and being at home versus the Bears further boosts Golf's outlook. So he's a strong mid-range QB1 option. And in general, I like how the schedule sets up for him the rest of the way. The top two streaming options for this week would be the guys facing off on Sunday night with Russell Wilson and Joshua Dobbs. In addition to the passing efficiency for Wilson, the encouraging part of his 2023 performance has been increased reliance on his legs. He's actually not thrown for 200 plus yards since October 1st but he has at least 30 rushing yards in all but one of the games since. And it's easy to picture Minnesota being an aggressive defense that will leave some rushing lanes open for Wilson when Brian Flores brings blitzes. So with growing confidence after wins over the Chiefs and Bills, I like Wilson as a high-end QB 2 And the same is true for Dobbs. Denver's defense has played much better in recent weeks, but Dobbs has ran quite a bit. A surprising level considering how little he did early in his career. It's unclear if he'll have Justin Jefferson back, but either way, Dobbs has proven to be a playmaker, and Kevin O'Connell has proven to be one of the best offensive coaches in the league. So Dobbs could be started this week as a top streamer and should be rostered in all leagues considering how shallow quarterback is and how important it is to get big points at the position. And the one guy I'll mention to be lower on this week is Trevor Lawrence. His best performance of the year was 18.06 fantasy points, and that was largely due to 59 rushing yards. Jacksonville simply hasn't lived up to expectations through the year, so it might be a good idea to get someone like Wilson or Dobbs rather than hoping Lawrence will suddenly turn around. And then from a dynasty perspective, I'd be investing in Bryce Young. This is probably the low point. We'll see how the rest of the season goes, but It's tough to see Carolina's offense looking much worse than it has looked, but I'm still very high on him as a player. So now is the time to buy low and hope a new coaching staff comes in for 2024. At running back, I mentioned Kyler Murray having no limitations, not wearing a brace in his season debut last week. It's a similar situation to Demon Achan for Miami. Obviously a shorter-term injury, but it was reported when he was placed on IR that the rookie would be 100% by the time he's eligible to return and he won't be wearing a knee brace. Mike McDaniel said it was a sprain rather than any sort of minor tear. So, with Miami sputtering a bit ahead of the bye, I'd look for HN to immediately be featured. We have him as a top 10 play versus a Las Vegas defense that often has struggles tackling. And as a reminder, the three games in which HN was featured, he had fantasy point totals of 49.3. and 21.0 so at worst he's a high end high upside RB2 the rest of the way and depending on how much he's featured HN has a case to be a top 5 to top 10 weekly option the other explosive rookie runner with a case to be a weekly RB1 is Jameer Gibbs who converted a couple of short yardage scores last week despite David Montgomery returning to the lineup so if he's an option in scoring territory like that Gibbs has a massive weekly ceiling. Montgomery, as shown last week, including a 75-yard touchdown, will be heavily involved. But the Detroit offense is good enough that both can be at least upside RB2 plays. And that includes this week, even with the Bears, allowing the fewest yards per carry in football. Slightly behind them is Devontae Williams. Denver gave him a limited workload early in the season, but that's changed over the past two games with touch totals of 30 and 25 in those big wins over the Chiefs and Bills. He's also caught a touchdown in both those games, so the increased receiving work is very encouraging. As a runner, Williams has grinded out tough yards, and the next couple of weeks are a bit tougher in terms of matchup facing the Vikings and Browns, but both games are at home, and the Denver offensive line has really gelled. So look for Williams to continue being featured and we have him as our RB16 for Week 11. A couple of options more in flex territory to consider this week are Keaton Mitchell taking on the Bengals on Thursday night, and right behind him, RB27, Ty Chandler, taking on Denver. For Mitchell, he's sort of been a discount version of Devon Achan. He's the only other player in the league to have three touches of 50-plus yards, and head coach John Harbaugh said they want him more involved this week. So the floor might be sort of low, with Baltimore having a committee and Gus Edwards handling most of the goal line work, but he's a big play waiting to happen with the ball in his hands. So Mitchell is an upside flex at home for a divisional matchup with Cincinnati having a couple of injuries up front. And Chandler is high in the rankings because Alexander Madison has a concussion, which has usually kept players out for at least a game. K.J. Osborne last week for Minnesota – despite clearing the protocol, was kept out. So the same, I would assume, will be true for Madison. Last week, Chandler had 15 carries for 45 yards and a score. Denver, despite their improved play on defense, is still vulnerable versus the run. We saw Buffalo have some success there on Monday night. So you can even make the case for Chandler being a few spots higher for an offense that, despite the play of Dobbs, will likely want some semblance of balance to keep the pressure off the passing attack. And then both for Dynasty and Redraft Leagues, the guy I've mentioned quite a bit and will mention again is Zach Charbonnet. He had 10 touches for, I think, 62 yards last week behind Kenneth Walker. And Seattle has a rookie locked into the passing game role. So the increasing standalone value combined with the premium handcuff upside, there probably isn't a better handcuff for this season. Make Charbonnet a must-own ahead of the fantasy playoffs. So hopefully, if you've been listening, you already have him rostered. But if not, I'd go get Charbonnet as the top waiver claim. And in general, handcuffs don't need to be guys you have on the roster. It's more about getting the most talented players that could have the most value if an injury were to strike. That wide receiver now could be the last chance to buy low on Devontae Adams. He's obviously been a disappointment so far this season. He hasn't scored since September which is tough for a guy you expect to have 10 plus scores. But interim head coach Antonio Pierce said he wants to get him involved and he could see a lot of Jalen Ramsey this week. But that matchup hasn't been a problem for Adams in the past and you would assume the Raiders need to put up points if they want any chance of keeping up with Miami. So Adams is a top 10 player wide receiver and again now is the perhaps final chance to buy low for a player of his ability. For redraft leagues, the other targets at wide receiver for this week, our Romeo Dobbs, we have him as our wide receiver 22. Similar situation, the Packers will have to put up points if they want to beat the Chargers. L.A. is allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing wideouts, and Dobbs has six scores on the season. He is a trusted target in scoring territory. And if he's available, I like Dobbs both this week and then on Thanksgiving against the Detroit defense, he had season highs in receptions with nine and yardage with 95 against in week four. So in general, I mentioned in previous weeks, I really like how the rest of the season schedule sets up for Dobbs. So get him now as a wide receiver play. The other guy I love for the rest of the season is Rasheed Rice. He's taken advantage of seemingly every opportunity to begin his career. He's had a couple of drops, but he's mostly made plays for Patrick Mahomes. So we could see him unleashed down the stretch. This week is a potential shootout versus the Eagles, and Rice has been a weapon in scoring territory, so having a full-time role the rest of the season would boost the rookie's outlook and make him at least an upside flux with a case for top 24 value. The other two guys for both this week and beyond that I would want to invest in simply based on the talent are Jahan Dotson. This week he'll take on a Giants defense that he's had success against, dating back to last year. So it was strange to see him not really involved last week in the loss to Seattle. But Dotson had two big games before that, so we'll see if he gets back on track in Week 11. And then the great upside target for this week is Jameson Williams. He had a key block to spring David Montgomery on the 75-yard touchdown last week. Ben Johnson said he wanted to get Williams involved in more ways. We saw that with a short touchdown pass that was called back. But I think Williams could be rewarded with a deep shot after the hard work he did as a blocker. And the second-year wideout saying he doesn't really care about numbers is a great sign that he's fully bought in to Detroit's offense. So look for him in golf to connect on a deep shot this week. And then another guy for both drafted Dynasty that I'll mention, and like Zach Charbonnet, I've mentioned him quite a bit, but Marvin Mims Jr. taking on the Vikings this Sunday night. Again, I think Brian Flores will want to bring the pressure. So Russell Wilson could get a shot at one of those arcing deep balls to Mims. Denver's not really used him as a vertical threat as much as I'd hoped, but that could change this week because of the matchup. So I like Mims as a Hail Mary play in deeper formats. And then to finish things off at tight end, you can find our full rankings on WolfSports.com. There's really not much to go into here for redraft leagues with the top plays, Pretty solidified. Guys like Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, and Trey McBride have the looks of weekly tight end one plays based on the past couple of games. So from a dynasty perspective, I'd just say Dalton Kincaid. We recently updated our rankings. We update them pretty regularly. But we have Kincaid as a top 24 pick for dynasty owners and the definite top option at tight end. I know some have mentioned Sam Laporta being the best guy from this class. But something to keep in mind is that Ben Johnson might be gone from Detroit. I would assume he will be after the season. So that could be a significant loss. And Kincaid has lived up to the hype by being featured in recent weeks. He almost looks like the top option for Buffalo, despite being a rookie. And despite them having Stephon Diggs, the comparison to Travis Kelsey has seemed pretty accurate. So with offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey being fired this morning, I think we'll see for Kincaid that play caller doesn't really matter and that he's a top-tier talent. That could be Allen's version of Kelsey for years to come. And that's not to knock Laporta. I'm sure he'll be a regular producer, no matter who the OC is for Detroit. But I just want to highlight Kincaid as a total difference maker, both from a real-life perspective and in dynasty lineups. So we have him as a top-three option this week. And again, the overall tight end one, and a top 24 option among all players in Dynasty Leagues. So that will conclude this episode. Again, you can find our full rankings on WolfSports.com, and feel free to reach out with any questions you might have. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was Fantasy Counseling Podcast.